Well, praise Jesus. Well, get your Bibles out. Come on, we can do better than that. Get your Bibles out. You know, you should be excited about the Word of God. That's why we do that. We've been doing that forever. And besides, where else do you get to go to church and holler yeehaw, right? Well, um, I want to preach this message to you. Second part that I started last week about going behind the veil. And so, just before I get into it, I want to just do a little review and a little, just give you a little rah-rah, a little, you know, a little encouragement. You know, it amazes me because ever, ever so often we get an email in or uh, somebody contacts us somehow that, you know, has never been to church here. They, they're watching the broadcast. And, uh, you know, it's hard sometimes because we don't, we don't see them, right? I can't put a face to a name. They get to see me. But uh, it's like the person that came here one time that had only listened to me on the radio. They'd never seen me before. And they came to church, and they were sitting right over here. And, and I kept noticing this, this couple, but the woman just was like, she just had this look on her face like disgust. <clears throat> and the whole time, the whole service. And so I just thought, man, the Lord, the whole time I'm preaching, I'm also praying for her. Lord bless that person there. Don't look too happy. And. So at the end of service, they come up and they said, Jimmy, we've listened to you for years on the radio. And, uh, but we thought you were a, a tall, thin cowboy. And I just can't believe it. She would just look me up and down and just look at me like, I can't believe it. And I'm like, I don't know what to say. You know, I'm really sorry. But so if anybody's watching video, you know, they at least get to see me. But I don't get to see them. So it's hard sometimes to have a relationship. You with me? They can email me, they watch me, and, and, and feel like they're part of the family, but I don't really know who they are. <clears throat> and so when I was thinking about this, and this person sent an email that said how, how much it had blessed them and, and, uh, and, and, and so encouraged by everything that was going on, and, and uh, I was thinking about how that, that dynamic works. In other words, they tune in. Hear what I'm saying? They, they have to go through whatever sequence they go through, whether they're watching on their laptop or their phone or the television. You know, they got to get connected, go to the whatever, you know, media source they're using, whether it's YouTube or whatever, and they're, they're going through them. They have to go through all of this steps, and then all of a sudden, boom, there I am. Then they get to hear me, and then they get encouraged because it's the Spirit of God, right? And I thought how that is so much like, our relationship with our Heavenly Father. In other words, if they never tuned in, they wouldn't hear me. If they never took time to seek it out, and all of them have these weird, wild stories of how it happened. I always loved the, the, the young lady that was in a fight with her husband and got mad and threw the phone down and jerked the cord out of the phone, and, and I came on the radio. I love that one. I mean, I, I, it's like that was just so God, so, such a, so perfect, you know. But my point is, if, if they don't take the effort to find it, I, my voice is still out there. But they have to take time to tune in. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And everybody wants to know why God doesn't speak to them, but the reason why God doesn't speak to them is because you never took time to tune in. What a revelation. Hello? So you follow what I'm saying? So... The last week's message, I was all talking about 
all of the, 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 when God had Moses set up and make the tabernacle and put everything in order and had, every, had the outer court and then the inner court and then the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was and the presence of God was and that the high priest went in there once a year to go in and, and, and pour the blood out onto the mercy seat. Amen? So if you didn't listen to that message or you weren't here, you can go back and listen to it. But the point is, is that then the Bible says that Jesus came and he got rid of the veil. He, if he, I love the way Ephesians 2 says, he says he tore down the wall of separation that was between us and our Heavenly Father. He made a new and living way for us to go into the presence of God. Hello? You hear what I'm saying? To go into the presence of God. Now, I, I've, been, I've been saying this. I'm going to preach this. I just don't know when. I'm going to preach a message about angels. And I, it, it, this is what got me started thinking about angels because in the tabernacle that Moses built, there was an angel that went with the tabernacle. Okay? An angel that you could see. Not one that you could just imagine. No. One that you could see an angel there. And he even said, don't provoke the angel. And when the angel talks to you, do what he says. So there was a talking angel physically right there with the tabernacle. Plus there was the glory cloud that was there in the daytime and the pillar of fire by night. So I was just thinking about that the other day and I thought, man, you just go sit out there, sit outside your tent in the morning, drinking a cup of coffee, watching the fire over the tabernacle and the angel. And I got to think about how many times angels are in the Bible. And so I'm going to preach a message at some point about angels. But I, I, I just, because I got excited about it, it's like, it didn't quit. Angels haven't, like, are they sitting on the sidelines waiting for something, you know, for us to get to heaven or something? I mean, it didn't just happen that Jesus was resurrected and then everything changed. There's still angels. There's still glory clouds. There's still miracles. There's still God. His presence and His power wanting to move in your life easier now than it was then. But what do we have to do? we got to tune in. I mean, y'all just looking at me like I'm crazy. I mean, I don't see a smile. I don't see nothing. Y'all just staring at me. It makes me crazy. Hebrews 10, 19, one of the scriptures I used last week, it says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a, a true heart and full assurance of faith, having a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who, who promised is faithful. Look what it says. It says the confession of our hope. What's the confession of your hope? Now, I'm just going to throw some things out there. Don't get mad at me, okay? I mean, is the confession of your hope right now that Trump's going to win in 24? Everybody's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, but wait a minute. Is that really the confession of your hope? See, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not trying to promote a president here or something. I'm just saying, I want to see King Jesus move. The confession of my hope is that this whole nation will turn from their evil and wicked ways, and turn to God. Now, who is the man that's going to bring that about? I don't know. But I'm just telling you, I'm saying that's my hope of my confession. The hope of my confession is that tomorrow is going to be better than today. What's yours? Oh, my God, i got to go to work tomorrow. How could tomorrow be better than today? You see, the Bible says it's the, it's the hope 
of our confession that we have. Let me read that again. Having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Having boldness to enter the holies. The holy of holies where God is. The boldness to enter the presence of God. The boldness to sit down in your house with you and your spouse and to worship God and enter the presence of God. Well, we can't do that except on Sundays. No, you can do that every day. You don't need me there to take you into the Holy of Holies. That's a job for each and every one of us, wherever it be. But he says, by a new and, by a new and living way which he consecrated through the veil that is his flesh, having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. In other words, you're going to sit there and you're not going to believe that maybe something's going to happen. It's going before, it's, it's coming together and joining yourselves and your faith says, oh, come on, let's go get in the presence of God. It's not like maybe he'll show up or maybe he won't. We're going to have a party. Maybe God shows up and maybe he won't. No. It's coming to that place in your life to where you desire more than anything. And the hope and the confession of your faith is that that turns to that place and say, man, this is the life I want to live. I want to live in the presence of my God. And so Jesus has torn down the veil. He took away all that Levitical priesthood stuff. He took away all that high priest only once a year going into the presence of God. And everybody else standing outside saying, man, I hope he makes it back out. Are y'all with me? You see, religion wants to keep you on the outside. Religion wants to keep you outside doing, doing things to make you right with God. But God says, no, I want you to come in to my presence so that then I can be with you and my presence will change you. In the Old Testament, in the book of 1 Samuel, when, when Israel wanted a king and they chose Saul, and so then Saul's out chasing donkeys, and then he goes and he, and he runs across. He's trying to find the prophet, which is Samuel, to tell him where the donkeys were. So I always looked at that kind of funny. I mean, if somebody came up to me and said, Robert, listen, I really need you to pray. I've lost my donkeys. Can you get a word from the Lord to tell me where donkeys are? I would think that was foolish. I mean, you'd hit me with that, and I'd say, what are you, what are you, you kidding but in that day, they were just going to go find the priest and see if he had literally had a word. Yea, hey, thus said the Lord, thine donkeys are over in that valley. And when he comes, God had already spoken to Samuel and said, listen, that's going to be the person that we're going to anoint as king. So when he comes up, tell him to go and, and do a few things. And then while he's doing it, I'm going to come upon him. When I come upon him, I'm going to give him a new heart. And when he gets a new heart, then you know what? He's going to end up going up the side of the mountain. He's going to end up prophesying with all the prophets up there. And I'm going to change him into a new man. You see, church, God wants us to come into his presence. But I, I'm telling you, he wants us to come into his presence because he wants to change us because he knows what's going to work for us. And people stay away from God because they say, I don't want to get close to God because I don't want to change. But he knows you need to change. Because if you do change and quit thinking what you're thinking, then you're going to have a better life than you were if you keep going down that road that ends in destruction. Now y'all are really looking at me like, how getting up to a new gate. Okay, so 
Remember Hebrews 6.17 says that our hope is what anchors us to the, our soul. It anchors us to God, our hope. And see, hope can get misplaced. You hope in their government, you hope in, you know, your, your whatever, your city, your, your state. You know, you can get your hope in the wrong places. Hello? <clears throat> now, you know, we're country people. We're pioneers. I want to tell you all something. One of the, I was praying one day about this, and so I really feel like it's the Lord. If it isn't, then y'all can get mad at me when we get to heaven, tell Jesus to slap me or something. But uh, I was thinking about our area here. You know, if you go study the area around the three canyons, you know, the, 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 the Sabinal Canyon, the Frio Canyon, and the Oasis Canyon. The reason why people came here is because the railroad gave them land if they came up here and chopped cedar and then took it down to the railroad, railway line. And uh, the only people that would come are the toughest. There's still Indians here get killed. The toughest, honoriest, crazy people. They called them pioneers because that was just a nice term for crazy. <clears throat> and you all are descendants of pioneers. Well, my family was refined, you know. So. <laughs> and so what happens is we tend to have independent spirits. And we tend to be, you know, I mean, of course, we are Texas, the lone star state. No other star can get in our deal. We've got a lone star. <clears throat> And so we're pioneering spirits, and so we're going to do it our way. And we work hard. We work from daylight till dark. We always believe that the best way to get out of anything is to work harder. It's the truth. We're not very smart, and we're not very good at doing it. I mean, we always devise a better way to dig a post hole. <clears throat> While other people are coming up with great ways to do exciting inventions, and we're still out there thinking, you know, build a better saw. Are you all with me? But that can be a positive because then you can be the person who will, who will fight through adversity, go on and make it. But it can also be a negative if you put yourself and say, okay, God, look, I don't need you right now. If I get in trouble, I'll call you. Oh, that's not the way we should be. What we should be is the people that run to the presence of God and then say, God, what do you want me to do? <clears throat> and come to the place and say, Lord, look, and I've already, I've already figured this out. I can't get anything done without you. So I have to have you, Lord. So we go into the presence of God with an open heart and an humble heart and say, Lord, here I am. Right? Okay. So Hebrews 11.3, I want you to look at that. It says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen we're not made of things which are visible. We all know that in the beginning, God spoke this world into existence, right? Nobody doubts that. He spoke, said light be and light was and so forth and so on, right? Okay. So then the principle of he created this world, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So he created this world and framed this world by his word. So then you're going to frame your world the same way 
by your word. So if you wake up in the mornings and you say, man, it's going to be a terrible day. It's a terrible day. Look at me. I'm old, fat, ugly. Nobody loves me. Dog don't even care about me. You get up again. I want to tell you how your day's going to go. I mean, I can prophesy that to you. Your day's going to go downhill from there. The more you, the more you frame your world by what you're saying out of your mouth, and if it's negative, the more of a negative world you're going to live in. If you spend all your time watching the news, all your time watching you know, podcasts and all these things you're doing, and it's all negative, and it's all negative about the world, your attitude is going to be that the world, that you know, it's coming to an end <clears throat> because man did it. Everything you do is going to be limited. Everything you do is going to be is going to be negative. Your relationship with your family, your relationship with your children, the relationship with people in town, it's all going to be negative. But if you're framing your world by having hope, if you're framing your world because you've been in the presence of God and, and, and He's touched you and blessed you and illuminated the Word to you and you're excited about God moving in your life and you're excited about what's coming about, you're excited about what God's doing. You're excited about coming to church. You're excited about just coming to church on a Sunday and holding the person's hand beside you and praying for them because God's going to do a miracle. You know, because I'll be honest with you, if I was there holding hands with y'all, I might sort out and kind of check the attitude of y'all before I knew I was going to be standing by you and you were going to be praying for me. I would want the wildest, most excited one in church. I'd want somebody that had a smile on their face. Are y'all with me? You say, yes, but pastor, God called me to minister to those that are hurting. Good, but you need to start out them with a smile on your face. Because if you're going to be the one that's ministering to those that are hurting, the one that's hurting doesn't need the, you to look as bad as they do. Hello? You want to see some encouragement. How many of you want to go see a doctor who's sick? How about this? How many of you want to go to a dentist who has bad teeth? Right? I mean... So who wants to go to a church where everybody's unhappy, where nothing ever is working, where there is no joy, there is no peace, there is no hope? Who wants to go to that? I mean, I don't even want to. Right? I mean, we want to go where we know God is and where God's moving and His power and His presence is there. Hello? Well, you're framing your world by what you're saying out of your mouth. And what you've got to be cautious of is what you say out of your mouth did it come from your head or from your heart now listen to me this is not this is not um this is not a good practice you should be speaking good out of your mouth all the time but if you're speaking and it's coming out of your head you still stand a chance but if you're speaking and it's coming out of your heart, it's truly what you believe, oh, man, you're in serious trouble. Because Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if you're speaking what you're, out of your mouth what you really have and you really think in your heart, that nothing good's ever going to happen, that, that, you know, you're cursed, you're not blessed, God doesn't love you, and that's, What's truly coming out of your heart? You've got heart disease, the worst kind of heart disease. And a stint is not going to help you. 
You may get a little blood flow there, but you need a heart transplant. Are you with me? See, your mind is crazy, but the Bible says we have to renew our mind. We'll get into that in just a minute. So you have a chance to renew your mind. But if your heart's hardened or calloused, you've got to have a heart transplant. And heart transplants do take place, but they only take place in the presence of God. It's Matthew 12, 34, out of the bunch of the heart the mouth speaks. You want to write that down. You see, your head can get you messed up. You can go get, you know, I know this has happened to y'all, that maybe you started out good in the day, and then you got around somebody negative. And then all of a sudden, when you got home, you realized you were saying something negative. And you said, what am I saying? And you realize you've just been around somebody who rubbed off on you and started influencing you. Okay? Well, let me put it to you this way. If you go talk to Jesus, listen to me. Like, when I look at the world situation, like, let's just say I got elected president. And I'm the president of the United States. I'm telling you. I wouldn't know the first thing about how to get everything straight. I mean, there's some, I got some ideas, but I'm talking about it's so messed up and gone so far down the hole, I, I don't even know where to start. Are y'all with me? Do you know that when you talk to Jesus about America, he's not concerned. He's not sitting in heaven saying, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Does anybody have a plan? He knows what's going on. And all he's saying is, man, I just want my people to worship me because I'm going I'm to come in there. I'm going to blow in there, and I want to bring life. I'm going to bring life. I'm going to bring life. Let's just go ahead and start revival and utopia. Let's just go ahead and let everything flow. Let's just go ahead and do this. Y'all want to do this? That's fine. There ain't no sense being scared of revival. There's no sense being scared of, of the government. There's no sense being, no, no, no. Y'all just need to flow with me. Listen to what I want to do. This is my church. I'm going to take it. I'm going to do with it. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to flow with it. So I'm looking for people that want to do something. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus is not concerned. He's king of kings, Lord of lords. He's not concerned with the, the way the world is. Because have you noticed in the Bible that God does so many things? Let's just use this example. The crossing of the Red Sea. Could anyone have thought about that? Right? Pharaoh's army's coming down on top of them. They're trapped by the sea. The angel then comes down and they say, well, man, you got a summary pre. The angel's there and it's keeping them from coming and getting us, but we're really stuck between a, literally a rock and a hard place. Right? I don't know that any one of those people who have been slaves for that long just said, I bet God's going to part the Red Sea. That wasn't anybody's thinking. I don't think it was Moses' thinking. But if you look at the, if you look at the scriptures and that whole story going on, there in, in, in Exodus, you'll see that when God told Moses to go stand up on the mountain, he basically said to Moses, what are you whining about? What are you, why, are you, why are you crying? Go forward. That lets you show the difference of God's thinking and our thinking. Because Moses is like, how am I going to go forward? There's a sea. You're going to build boats? And so God said, oh, just part it. Well, parting the Red Sea and going across on dry land was pretty impressive. But it even gets more impressive than you're on the other side and realize here comes Pharaoh's army, so you didn't gain any distance. They're still coming. Right? And I can guarantee you there were stupid people that turned around and looked down the, 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 the parted Red Sea, and they looked and said, ah, 
the Egyptians are coming. They're going to kill us. While standing with a wall of water and a wall of water and fish swimming by and whatever. Because that's how we are as people. We're panickers. And we panic. And I just pray that there was somebody in the crowd and said, hey, listen, stupid. I mean, if, you, if, if he's got those sea parted, he's going to take care of something. It's not a big deal. Lord God, do you realize what he's done here? Look at what the Lord has done. It'll be okay. Walking off saying, God is on our side. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But we don't do that. We're screaming, ah! And so I'm not going to sit here and coming up on the elections and going up and on what's going on in America. I'm not going to let myself panic. I'm not going to let myself fall back and start screaming and say, oh, God, he's doing this and that's happening. They did this. And I'm going to say, God, you're so big. You're so awesome. I mean, it's just time for some sea parting. It's just time for something that literally I can't even imagine. I can't even come up with it. So I quit trying to come up with it and say, well, Lord, now, if you would do this, and if you pulled that string and you did this over here and you did this, I'm not even thinking about that. I'm just saying, God, that's, be exalted. Arise, oh, God, and be exalted in the land. Are y'all with me? Because I don't want all the negative to get in my heart. Because if the negative gets in your heart, folks, you have to have a heart transplant. Because your heart is the seat of authority. What do we call the courthouse in Uvalde County? We call it the county seat, right? Why? Because it's a courthouse. It's where business is done. It's where uh, cases, you know, um, what do you call them? Trials take place. It's where decisions are made. It's where you got to go get your sticker. Right? What makes your vehicle legal? We call it the seat, the county seat. Your heart is your county seat. Hear what I'm saying? It's a, it's a dangerous thing to let things get sown in your heart because your heart is your county seat. And we all know that we want our county seat to be abiding by the rules and regulations of the land, not making up what they want to. Right? You go over there to buy you a, your sticker for your car. It's always cost you $74. And they go in there and say, no, not this time. It's $740. They say, what? Yeah, we decided we were going to raise it this morning. Matter of fact, when we saw you coming, we raised it. <laughs> you said, that's not fair. It's not right. Doesn't make any difference. We're the county seat. We're the seat of authority. And we're saying that's the way it's going to be. Tough. Pay it. Or the police officer's right outside to confiscate your vehicle. <clears throat> Listen, this is not conspiracy theory, but do you know right now that China is the most surveilled nation in the world? And they surveil everybody, have cameras everywhere. And that if you jaywalk in China, then the camera picks you up, then you're sent a bill for the offense of jaywalking. But you don't have to pay it because they take it out of your account. So there's no court. There's no excuse. Somebody pushed you out of the sidewalk and threw you in the middle of the road, and that's the only way you had to run. No making any difference. You jaywalked. Boom, boom. It's taken out of your court, your, your account. And then you're taken out of your social credits is another little thing they have down there, which is how nice of a person you are and adhere to all their rules, your social credits. And so then you deducted social credits. And if you don't have enough social credits, 
then you can literally be stopped from going to the grocery store or you can only shop at certain low-end grocery stores. You can't go do these other things because your social credit score is too low. <clears throat> That's happening right now in the world today. So I pretty much say that county seat, it's not right. Hello? But what if your heart's like that? What if your heart has surveilled everything going on around you in life? What if you have this crazy, twisted surveillance going on in your heart all the time of what's right and what's wrong, what's fair and what's just, what's the way things are supposed to be, and you run it through the head of your twisted county seat, and then that's what you believe. That's a big uh-oh. Because your heart's your county seat. You've got to make sure that your heart, he says, come to God with a true heart, a full assurance. What's he talking about? A heart that's open to Jesus and Lord, I just want it to go your way. I don't care how I fit in the puzzle. I just want it to go your way. I want my heart to be loyal towards you. Which one is it? Proverbs 20, Proverbs 24, I mean, Psalms 24. Or is it 25 where it says that he has a pure heart, so one that's going up on the mountain to see God? Right? Hearts, your county seat, your heart's everything. So you got to ask yourself what's in your heart. <coughs> so is the craziness that's coming out of your mouth, because it says out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaks. So you got to hear what's coming out of your mouth first. And then you got to ask yourself, did that come out of my head? or because I was being influenced by so-and-so, and that came out of my head, or is that really in my heart of what I believe? Because if it's really in your heart that you believe that Jesus has got it all in control, well, then you're okay. Hello? But if it's in your heart, and there's fear, and there's whatever in your heart, uh, you got to get it out because your county seat's messed up. So Romans 12, 1 tells us what we're supposed to do with our mind. Okay, Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. So he tells us that we need to renew our minds. Because you see the mind, right? The mind's got your mouth and speaking, but it's trying to sow things in your heart. And some people in life have prayed and they've talked to Jesus and they ask him to do something and it didn't happen like they thought it should. And so they've given up on God that he's a God that answers prayers. So it gets lodged into their heart that maybe God will answer a prayer, maybe God won't. You don't ever know. It's just a turkey shoot, hit and miss, maybe. Right? And so therefore it gets sown in their heart that you don't know if God's going to answer you or not. Or maybe some person spoke to you and said, oh, well, God's not going to answer your prayers. You know, you're a sinner. You don't go to church all the time. You ain't doing right. And you ain't living right and this, that, and the other. And so then it gets sown in your heart. God's not going to answer my prayers. So then when it comes right down to it, your faith is in God won't answer your prayers, not God will answer my prayers. And so your mind, if it's not renewed to the word of God and telling you what God really thinks about you, like, like I know it's hard for some of you to believe this. But every morning when you wake up, it happens at night too, but I'm just using every morning. God 
God's love for you is abounding towards you. Whether last night you did the worst things that you could have thought of last night. God's love, the Bible says in Romans 8, never changes, right? He always loves you. He always loves you. His love is always abounding towards you. And if you say, when I'm, if, oh, because I heard, I heard it in my head. Somebody said it. Yeah, but if God loved me, then why? Yeah, if that's you, the seed, the negative seed's gotten sown from out of your head, out of your mouth, and into your heart saying God doesn't love you. But if you know God loves you, because the Bible says so, and then you know 1 John 5, 14, that every time you've prayed and turned your face even towards God, he heard your prayer. And then if he heard your prayer, he moved in heaven on your behalf somehow. It may be instantaneous. It may be next week. It may be next year. It may be he has to shift a few things around. It may be that he has to work on somebody else's heart. I've said this before. I use Josh as an example right there. If right now he's sitting in church and God is speaking to him, because Josh and I, we're buddies. If y'all don't know, I know him. So don't think I might just randomly call you. I've known him since he was a kid. So if I, if I said, if God right now was speaking to Josh, he's speaking to him the whole time of the service. He's just thinking, oh, oh, God's God speaking to him. God's speaking to him. Give me $100. Okay? But then he says, I don't really want to give Robert $100. He's paid well enough as a preacher. He don't need another $100. And so he's arguing and wrestling with God for whatever reason. But God's wanting to give me $100 because I prayed and said, God, I need an extra $100. Well, then the problem's not with God answering my prayer. The problem's with God moving on Josh to give me the $100. Because God can't counterfeit one out of heaven and just fall down on me. You see what I'm saying? So I could be over here saying, God, why didn't you answer my prayer? And he's over there saying to me, God tried to get Josh to do it. But I guarantee you, if he knows Josh isn't going to do it, well, then he's already touching CW's heart. You see what I'm saying? And he's already moving on somebody else's heart to make up for that. But sometimes we humans get in the way of what God's trying to move in our lives. And I hadn't been praying for $100 of this. Now he just feels guilty. As soon as I picked on him. So then how are we going to renew our minds? Now, listen, I can tell you, okay, that we're going to sit down and we're going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to do this. This is the procedure and this is the way you have to do it. But listen to me. The very first thing you have to do is Philippians 4.8. It's real simple. Philippians 4.8. It says, finally, my brethren, what, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are noble? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue in them, is there anything praiseworthy? Meditate on these things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me. These do, and the God of peace will be with you. The first way you start out renewing your mind is you, is you have got to control what you're thinking on. You following me? So let's just say you, you got in a little spat with your spouse, and all you're thinking about is how wrong they are. And what they've done. And that's what you think about all day long. Well, when you come home that evening, you're still going to be mad. The spat is not going to be resolved. Right? And you're going to be angrier. Hello? I mean, come on. Come on, y'all. Know it's true. You've done it all before. Say amen, Pastor. You know it. Don't sit there and act like you've never had that problem. 
Because then that just makes you a liar. Now you got something else to repent about. So the point is, is whatever you're meditating on. Now, if you got in a spat with your spouse and immediately stop and each other, this is something that you say, well, that's crazy. You don't want to do that because you're mad. You want to fight. Goes back to that pioneer thing. But if you immediately stopped right then and said, you know what? I love the color of your eyes. And then you, you know, I mean, you can, you can just look at the husband and say, I just love how the, the hair curls up in your nose over on the side. It's so cute. <laughs> you know, pick out something like that you don't really mean too much. You know, you just kind of want to jab. But at least you're starting to say something nice. And you start to meditate on those things. You know, you have, you, you, you have blessed me in my whole life, you know. You, you've, you've been an awesome wife. Yeah, you've been an awesome husband. You start to talk like this and meditate on that. Do you think you're going to want to fight anymore? No. Right? It's because whatever you meditate on is what's going to get down in your heart. So the first thing you've got to do in renewing your mind is you've got to start meditating on the good things. The great things and especially the word of God, God's promises to you. You've got to wake up in the morning and say, God, I think you love me. Nobody else may bless God you do. At least you're getting there. Right? I, you know, I run across scriptures every once in a while that just I had to chuckle at because it's so out of my character to do this. Like there's the uh, scripture where the Lord says that he rejoices over you with singing. And I'm just like, I mean, that's not really in my nature to rejoice over someone with singing. Because I don't know what you'd, how you'd, the lyrics would sound, you know. You're great. So very great. I mean, you know, I mean, I can work on this to sing a song. But probably only maybe my wife is going to ever hear it. What if we did that for church one Sunday? Everybody's got to come to church and everybody has to sing a song to somebody else. Uh, uh, rejoice over. Y'all won't come. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need, one of the fast classes. We have how to sing and rejoice over one another. Frankie can head it up. <laughs> but are you all with me here? The meditation of what, this is how you renew your mind, is what are you thinking on? And I'm just telling you folks, listen to me. You can't sit around and watch podcasts all day long of all the doom and gloom and the things that are going on in the world and what kind of conspiracy theory is this and what is that and going on. I mean, folks, there's some crazy stuff out there. Are you all with me? And I could say some of those crazy things right now, and there may be some of you say, well, I ain't crazy. That's the truth. Because you've been watching, you've been listening, you've been going into all this stuff, right? Folks, listen to me. We have, we have aliens out there. I mean, they're ready to land. Yeah. The other kind of alien. I mean, I mean, seriously. I mean, there's stuff out there right now. The green men are showing up any time. The grays, the greens, the, the whites, the, 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 the off-whites. I mean, they got all kinds of stuff out there. The lizard people, they're coming. And some of you may say, they are. And I'm just saying to you, I don't care who they are. They step foot. Anywhere around me, they're subject to the power of my God. That's the end of story. I don't care what it is. We've got to get our thinking right. We've got to get our, 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 our thinking. God is still in control. I don't care. 
I'm telling you, everybody say, well, Robert, you just, you're just being simple-minded. I'm telling the spaceship, land out there. Bless God and the little green men get off. I don't care. They're subject to my God. My Bible is still true. And if you're believing something else, I'm telling you, you're in a place that you're not smart enough to know. Listen, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not by any means push, you know, belittling you. I'm just saying you've gotten off and none of us smart enough. You don't have the scientific background to figure all that stuff out. Forget about it. Read your Bible, love Jesus, and go on and be happy. Find a place of peace. Go bake some cookies and take them to somebody. Go buy somebody a cup of coffee. Go, go be a blessing. Just be the smiliest, happiest person in town. I mean, let them think your own drugs. Just bless people everywhere. Just get excited to go somewhere and buy somebody's meal when they don't know it. Just be a blessing. Forget about all that stuff. We ain't going to figure it out anyway. And whatever they're going to do, they're going to do. Whatever's going to happen coming up in the election is going to happen, and you're not going to stop it by your worrying and your fretting. But you can change things by meditating on the Word of God and speaking God's Word out of your mouth and being a blessing and, and, and bringing peace to everybody around you and, and standing up and praying and saying, God, I thank you that you're in charge. Bless God, you're in charge in Living Waters Church. You're going to have a foe. We're going to be a portal of the Spirit of God moving. I mean, speak it out of your mouth. Get it going. Speak over your family. Speak over your house. Speak over your business. Speak over everything. That's what you should be doing. Why? Because Hebrews 4.12, the word is a living word. The word's alive. It's not dead. And when you get faith to it and throw it out of your mouth, man, things start to happen. Things start to change. Parents, you start speaking over your children. My goodness, my kids are the smartest they've ever been. They're geniuses. They're blessings. Everywhere they go, they're blessed. I just declare, according to Ephesians 1 and 3, the blessings of God are upon their heads. They're going to go out into the world, and they're going to be blessed. They're going to be life changers. They're going to, be, they're going to find the greatest spouses, and they're going to just be the most blessed people on earth. And they're going to find that, that everywhere that they go, that they're blessed and everything they put their hand to is going to prosper not like a lot of people i say oh, how's going to happen to our kids or our grandkids i don't think anything's going to make it the world's going to pieces and everything's going to look bad man come on folks we got to transform our minds renew our minds transform our our, our thinking and what's coming out of our mouth and realize that the word of god's a living word it's a powerful word it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow and the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. What's funny about preachers, or you can go on right now, you can go on and you can, you can look at people's podcasts or their broadcasts or whatever, and you can listen. And Man, you can find every, every different scenario about what God is doing right now and how it's going to turn out. And it's funny to me because there's a lot of people, we're in, they're in the camp over here of this one. And, and so then there's the camp over here of this one. Those people are really in it. And then there's the camp over here of this one, and they're really in it. And then there's, there's all this. And then if you notice, I'll tell you what, Christians, we're, we're just goofy. We're just goofy. Then they start taking on the persona of that. 
And then they all are the, you know, then the church of the prophesying, and then there's the church of this, and then there's the church of that, and then there's the church of here, and then they, you know, and everybody goes, but I, I just get back to it, and I want y'all to always say, to be able to stop and say, well, we're the church that believes the Bible's true, and so <clears throat> let me find it. And I'll tell you what it says is going to happen. Well, that's all given up to man's interpretation. Not really. There's a few things you might could, could, you know. Did you know also, I was, when I said that about China, you know also that the Chinese government now is putting out their, their publishing Bibles. And they're giving them out in their publishing Bibles. But they're not right. Okay, they've, they've turned them around. So they're acting like good people giving out Bibles. And, and, and I just came across the one that really, because uh, I just got through preaching about the woman that they're throwing the stones at. And the Chinese Bible that the government's producing, it says that uh, there was a crowd there, not just some people. There was a crowd there, and they were coming towards Jesus to stone the woman. And Jesus then said, he that's without sin, let him cast the first stone. And so the people were convicted, and they pulled back. And then Jesus stoned the woman and said, I'm a sinner also. That's what John 8, 7 says in their version of the Bible. You see, if you want to change the Bible, <laughs> it's a dangerous thing. Let me tell you what, I would rather say, I'm not real clear what that means, but don't touch it. Versus, I think we need to clear that matter up. Or just don't look at it. Or just brush over it. No, I'm going to keep mine like it is. May get a different translation, look at it, but I'm telling you, that's about as far as it's going. I'm going to keep my Bible as the truth. And everybody else's interpretation, you know, can just go jump in the lake. Because the Word of God's living, it's powerful. It's sharp enough to come in there and get my heart straight. And folks, we've got a lot of Christians that are having heartache and heart attacks because they don't understand the word, do you realize in the book of Revelation, it says that men's hearts begin to fail them? Men's hearts begin to fail them in the end? And I've, I've thought about that a whole lot. And I, I, th I, I believe it's talking physically. But then it could be also talking spiritually. You know, like what I'm preaching here this morning of people's hearts failing them. For fear of the Lord. But listen to me. We shouldn't be those people. We should be faith-filled people with great heart. Every time we go to Jesus, Dr. Jesus, we get a good report of heart health. We don't need any stents. We don't need any things. Our heart's not in AFib. It's, it's pumping just right. It's doing just right. Amen? And the word's just having an effect on our life. And it's just bringing about everything that needs to be in life. Amen? So I want to leave you on this. You remember today when you walk out of here that you have a high priest. His name's Jesus. And he's already gone behind the veil. He has totally obliterated everything that was done in the Old Testament. He didn't actually obliterate. He fulfilled it all. He poured out his blood on the mercy seat. You have the right to go into the presence of Almighty God. And if you need a heart adjustment, he'll do it. Okay? Matter of fact, he'll do it right here today. 
standing right there in your chair if you so want it. But you got to remember that in the presence of God, he says it's the fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. You know that God's got good things for you. Church, I'm telling you, we're going up. We're not going down. We are the head, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. We're going to ride that bull for more than eight seconds. Amen? So stand to your feet. Can I have my prayer team come down, please? For those of you watching, listening out there, I just want you to know, man, God loves you, cares about you. And right there, wherever you are, he can do a heart adjustment for you. Maybe you've gotten over being in negative, and maybe you've thought the world's coming down and there's no hope for you. Listen to me. Jesus is all the hope in the world you ever need. God has got a plan for you. God's got a good plan for you. And wherever you are, if you just call out upon the name of Jesus and say, Jesus, come into my life. I want you to, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, and I want you to live inside of me. He will. He will touch you right where you are. If you're praying and, 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 and your faith is out there from your heart, God will bless you. Maybe you've gotten over being negative and maybe you're surrounded by negative people. Will you be the seed that changes all of them? You let the meditation of God's word come into your life and begin to just set you free. Watch what God can do and change your whole family. And if you're in here, I want to pray for you. And, and I, I, the prayer team's up here. And if you're, you know, if you're not sure that if you died today, you'd go to heaven, you need to come talk to one of these people up front. They'll tell you all about Jesus and get you right where you need to be. We can have some peace in your life. But if you're in here today and you've been getting pricked because maybe you've been getting a little negative, maybe you've gotten pretty soured on everything, well, I want to encourage you. Open up your heart and let this prayer come into your life. But then there's also people up here you can come pray with. You can go home and you can begin to seek the presence of God and God's presence will be there. He'll give you a heart adjustments. But you got to seek him. you got to tune in. you got to find him. Amen? So let me pray for you. Father, right now in Jesus' mighty name, I just pray over this congregation. I pray over all those that are watching and listening. And I just believe you, Lord, right now, that by the power of God, that, Lord, those that need heart adjustments, those who are are whose hearts are failing because of fear or hearts are failing, Lord God, because of worry and concerns. Lord, that right now today you'd begin to show them the errors of their ways. That as they turn towards you and meditate on your word, Lord, to just turn towards you. I thank you, Lord, you do a miracle in their life. The winds of God begin to blow through their life. Lord, you begin to fill their sails or their ships again with the mighty wind of your spirit and begin to take them into the lands that they need to go into, Lord God. The places to, with you that they need to be. I ask you today, O oh Heavenly Father, that as, they, as you blow across them, as you move in their lives, as you bless them, as you do those hard adjustments in their lives, Lord, that I just declare right now in Jesus' name that a new freshness and a new joy and a new peace comes into their life. Because you said, Lord, when we meditate upon you, then the peace that passes all understanding will keep us and guard our hearts, Lord. And so, Lord, bless them this day. Bless them this day as they go out into the world. Let us be the smiling faces, the joyful people, the ones that people want or are attracted to, Lord God, the lights in the middle of darkness that draw the people to you, Jesus. And, Lord, I praise you for that, and I thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. We're here to pray for you. 
Go get them.